Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I've been a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. And we are live for another broadcast, another live broadcast of the Nursing Home Podcast. Um, I'm excited to be back to my office, which they kind of sort of opened up. So I have um, the space to do this. Um, And we're going to talk about something very interesting. So for those who may have been watching the Nursing Home Podcast, uh, you may be aware of the conversation that we were having uh, in the last episode regarding nursing home reimbursement and the challenge that nursing homes have to manage with limited resources. And this is a very real challenge for those of you who are actually involved in the world of nursing home operations. You know that you're operating with very thin margins and very limited budget. And for anything that you want to accomplish, you have to be extremely creative to try and find a way of doing it in a, w- in a way that you can afford. Um, there are stats, at least in Massachusetts and other states, that the average uh, Medicaid resident, right, for the average nurse loses $35, $38 per day on a Medicaid patient, which means in order to survive, you have to be really, really aggressive with your short-term care, with your, with your Medicare, with your insurance, with your rehab patients um, in order to be successful. And that's why nursing homes look more like hospitals and they're accepting um, clinically complex patients in order to produce outcomes. Uh, first of all, that the hospitals are sending to them, so obviously they have to be, be available for them as their healthcare partners, but also in order to in order to achieve the revenue which is necessary to survive and be somewhat profitable. So this is kind of what the conversation was. There, there is a lot of, there are movements uh, for sure here in Massachusetts and other states as well to try and adjust some of the reimbursement structures specifically with Medicaid um, so that some of these outdated systems and metrics for measuring the reimbursement for nursing homes will be closer, more in sync with the cost for providing Medicare. Um, it's not a secret that here in Massachusetts, I don't have the exact number offhand. I know the facility that I manage closed and many other ones um, have closed in the last two years. I don't know if it's 30 or 40 facilities have closed here. Um, I think bringing the total under 400 facilities. And the same is true in many other states that facilities are closing because they simply are not being able to be uh, feasible. They're not financially feasible anymore. In simple terms, it means they're not making enough money to stay open. Now, so we, we posted that. Uh, we posted that episode on the podcast and posted it on LinkedIn, venting just a little bit uh, the frustration uh, with nursing home reimbursement. So here's the conversation from LinkedIn. For those who are watching this live, you can see the conversation on LinkedIn. And over here, you know, I wrote that you know nursing homes have been starved financially. Uh, for decades, and you know, around this episode, we had Nicole Verdon. Thanks again, Nicole, for coming on the podcast. 
podcast. And I've never said, you know, a nurse can lose an average of 38% a day. Now, this, this created a little bit of a stir in the comments. And we had a couple of individuals who uh, took a, a different opinion. And they took the opinion that um, that's not necessarily true and that there is, there is money to be had. Um, so we have, uh, you see here, uh, Michael Citronenbaum wrote that uh, check out PPP money and these other funds that are available, there's millions available. And uh, we started a little conversation over there and Nicole got involved as well. Um, and basically what Nicole was telling, uh, what Michael was telling Nicole is that I believe then that they aren't running the finance department correct, I can help with that. Um, and that there are ways of there are ways for nursing homes to be successful financially. So um, I always, you know, I always love learning more and that's what the nursing home podcast is all about. We want to really bring you, our listeners, exactly what's going on in the nursing home space. So without further ado, we would like to bring on Michael Citronenbaum onto the podcast to tell us a little bit more about, first of all, who he is and what he does. And then we'll get on with this conversation. Um, of how nursing homes can be more financially responsible. So, Michael, welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast. Hi, Shmuel. How are you? Um, my name is Michael. I, I now run a company that deals with unclaimed money, mostly. Um, that's a whole very interesting topic in itself. Um, probably many nursing homes have unclaimed money, which they don't know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in general, I remember working for a nursing home group when we took over, um, a home that they took over ownership had maybe a twenty or thirty thousand dollar check in unclaimed money from previous owners. Um, so I, I worked for you know some of the big, probably the biggest in New York State um, nursing home group. Uh, I'm very familiar with what goes on in New York. I'm, I, I know you're ma- mentioning Massachusetts. I'm less familiar um, with the reimbursements and stuff of out of state or what goes on out of state. Um, sure in rural areas, it's definitely much harder to fill places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, but, uh, you know, I wanted to give my opinion, let's say on a few topics within the nursing home. I think so, that, yeah. This is a, so even before we jump to, uh, too far into today's topic, but just in general terms, so what your company does if I understand correctly, is that you come into a nursing home and you, or any, personally, you, do you work exclusively with nursing home groups? No, with unclaimed money, no. It's, it's uh, anyone, any company, any person. Got um, it. So, so you find there's money to, that belongs to people that should Yeah, be- no, no, I'll, I'll ask you straight off the bat, well, how much do you think is in the United States of unclaimed money? You can throw out a number, you know. What do you think? Well, think- $52 billion. Okay, so you happen to have maybe done your research and you know, but if you ask the average person, they'll, they'll throw out a number, maybe $1 billion, $5 billion. And what is it? It's up there. It's pretty much what you said. So, you know, that's why I'm saying you might have researched that number. But no, when really? you ask a little person in the street, they'll, they'll give me a number of $1 billion, $5 billion. They probably even owed a few dollars or maybe even a more than $100. Um, yeah. Now the end, so, so let's talk about unclaimed funds for a minute before we jump sure. to nursing Because it's fascinating. I remember hearing on the radio a lot of times all these different 
I forget exactly which companies they are, but they're all yelling at me and screaming at me how I probably have thousands of dollars of unclaimed things in different places. Um, and I have, I have taken the time to call the numbers and go through the websites. It was, uh, unfortunately, there was nothing waiting for me. So, Right. So I don't know. The average person, I'm not going to say is thousands of dollars unless somebody was, you know, uh, let's say a big financial person with stock accounts and, and different things. Um, but but there there is a good chance that someone has, whether it be between $25 and $100, over $100, $500. Um, there's different stats in different states what the average amount is. Sometimes I remember seeing it could be the average amount is even 500 to 1000 um, At one point, I even thought about maybe, you know, doing, per, you know, people sitting in nursing homes. As if there's a good chance they're sitting on, on, you know, people sitting in the bed there have money they don't know. And I thought about maybe, you know, offering to a nursing home, you know, to have someone sit there and go through person to person and, and you know, for the nursing homes, because a lot of times the nursing homes are trying to collect that from the person uh, for patient funds. I'm not sure if you're so familiar with that. So, yeah, so, so, so the nursing home um, is trying to collect even the patient paid amount um, or whatever is due to them. And there are no funds or no no obvious available funds, but the, you know if they can if right. they collect on their bad debt five hundred dollars per resident. Right. So, so you, can, you can have you know a, a person go chasing family and this one's brother and sister to try to get their few hundred dollars at the road, and and they can just do a quick you know contact me or whatever, do a quick site, and that person could be maybe even sitting on that money that they're driving themselves nuts on. Got it. Got it. Interesting. So and so okay. I guess just, let me know if I should further that one day. <laughs> yeah, we could talk offline. Maybe we could work something out. <laughs> but as far as in general, unclaimed funds. So there's no magic, right? No one's magically giving money out to random people. Um, so let's say in this in a state that there's an average of five hundred dollars. Where's this money from? So um, there could be a variety of sources. It could be an old utility, a bank, uh, a bank account. Um, most of the sources usually insurance or stock. Those are the bigger numbers. Um, when you say insurance, life insurance. It could be life insurance. It could be. Um, I, I'm under maybe even the assumption that let's say um, an insurance company is sending you a refund or something. They don't possibly don't even reach out to you, and then they just um, you know have to report it in a big reporting, and then it ends up there. You know? Got it. So knows you get a check in the mail that looks like junk mail, and you throw it out. Sure. Many times, many times that's the end of that. Right. Um, now, I, sometimes you know, sometimes it almost looks like it's done on purpose. I don't know if it's true. Or not. So that's what I'm saying. It could, it could be a lot of times. You know, what happens is, and I went to a conference. I don't know a little more how this works, and what goes on is. Let's say, um, you know, they don't maybe send you, you know, a check right away or whatever, but at some point they have to do what's called holder reporting and everything on their books has to go to the state. Okay. So maybe they didn't initially send you out that check. And again, I'm not saying this is for sure what happens, but um, when they do that holder reporting, it's going to go off their books. Got it. Got it. So then that's how people have these unclaimed funds. Actually, okay. So now moving, moving back more towards the, the nursing home space. Right. So question is like this. So the, this is a, the, from the administrator, 
so just to, let me put my cards on the table. So my experience, I know we haven't spoken much. A lot of the listeners and viewers know me a little bit better. But the bottom line is that my experience is from nursing home administrator and down, um, and from the actual operations in the building. And yes, I've seen financials and I've seen, I've seen budgets and how they're made and all that. By the end of the day, from what I see and from what I'm sure many other administrators see, you see the exact dollar amount that we're getting reimbursed for per payer per day, and you see the exact cost down to the penny, how much it costs per day. And if you look at those numbers, um, it definitely does look like that the the claims that, like I said in Massachusetts, $38 a day losing an average Medicaid patient. Of course, there's a range, and depending on you know how sick the person is, that's how much reimbursement you're going to get. But again, on average, there there is some truth to it. And even if you zoom out of the picture, at the end of the day, if you want to purchase a bed in a nursing home, it's a big deal to make sure that you have the funds available. If you go to a hospital and you want to buy a bed, you're going to be spending ten times the amount on a gorgeous, state-of-the-art bed on a, a normal, well-established hospital. It doesn't seem like they're struggling as much. So. That's kind of where the conversation went, and that's why there are movements in Massachusetts and in Mass Senior Care, I know in other states, that they are lobbying to change the rates and all this. Um, but you're saying that there are other ways of, I don't think we're, I don't think we're arguing, and although I'm happy to do that, right. uh, so, whether or not that's messed up, hold on, but I think the conversation is, are there other funds that are unclaimed, I guess, uh, which nursing can take advantage of in order to balance, and in, in order to be more successful? Does that make sense? So what, 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 tell me your opinion. Let me not put words in your mouth. So, yeah, so, I mean, I, I was more on the receivable side. I, I don't know as much about the payable side. Okay. So I'm saying where you're getting this thing about they're losing $38. Like, I, I don't, I never, I heard of such a report. I never really, um, you know, I can look into it and look more. Um, I would kind of be shocked because if you're really losing Whatever that amount of day when your nursing home is at least sixty percent Medicaid, I don't think you'd be able to really function. But um, well, no, the reason for that is because we have to balance it out with our heavy Medicare, heavy right. But that's home. really very little, you know. But um, I can get eight hundred dollars a day for a Medicare patient. I'm getting a hundred dollars a day for a Medicaid patient. Right, right. You know, and the longer I can skill them, but um, go ahead. I'm saying right. I don't know if um, you know, people. Like, uh, let's say, you know what has recently come into nursing home. They're dealing with massive amounts of money. I mean, you know, and I never thought I would take so much the staffing side, but I, I do. Uh, even before this, uh, you know, whole corona thing started and with all this additional funding, there's always been about, um, you know, people not paying staff properly. And I think that's a major issue because... Even the administrator in these cases wouldn't even go into the nursing home currently sometimes. Um, you have staff risking their lives every day, and, you're pay and you want to know why there's a shortage, and you're paying them the equivalent of what you would pay sometimes in McDonald's work. I mean, it's totally insane if you ask me. Um, I don't think with, with that. Um, I, but I, I have personally established this. You don't want to give someone one or two dollars when you got two and a half times your payroll to fund that. It's beyond me. Okay, so I can just say that I've sat in multiple facilities trying to change the rates, and I have changed the rates for Antoma, for the CNAs, for the nurses. Um, but I actually had to sit with a spreadsheet and work out to the penny where the funds are coming from and then get it added to the budget. So uh, the money was right, not. 
no. So I'm sp I'm speaking specifically of now when they're got let's say in a PPP just to say you got two and a half times your payroll, and you really want to keep the people on payroll because it's kind of it's one of your requirements and stuff. So, and time like this, I, I mean, I don't think, for example, you know, just to say, let's say I know someone who worked in a nursing home uh, during this time. Um, either her or her kid got the corona. And, you know, not serious, but um, they told her to stay home. She has a doctor's letter to stay home. Mm -hmm. It's probably been better she stayed home because who knows what, you know, if it could have spread around in the nursing home, whatever. And she sits here now having to argue about the one week of pay with, you know, who, who's ever managing that payroll. That's ridiculous. I mean, you're getting paid to keep people on payroll and getting massive amounts of money. It's being argued here with a worker for a week of pay. Hold on, so I, it doesn't so, add up. Got it. So, so back up for a minute. So, for for the listeners and viewers who are not familiar with this payment that went out to nursing homes, can you can you just back up a few steps and just say what that was and what was the goal of it? Sure. I don't know if I have it exactly. Maybe you know a little better than me. No, no. no. I believe it's two months of they they take their average two month last two months of payroll. So let's just say that's a hundred thousand dollars. And now they get two and a half times that amount of money, right? Right, right. right. And what, what was this called again? It's called the PPP. Okay, fine. So, and so, so seventy-five percent of that money is supposed to, you know, make sure that the, these these same workers are being paid over the next eight years. Got it. Got it. So. So, the, so what you're saying is that specifically right now, nursing homes should have excess money. You know, just to put it in perspective, nursing homes were required also to test their entire staff multiple times uh, for a coronavirus, which some facilities this went into the millions of dollars. So I'm just so right there, your entire PVP would disappear. But even less than what that cost is, but yeah. No, which again, it, it, you want to know, was it effective? Did it make sense to do you know, that level of testing? Is you know a separate conversation. But there certainly are funds that come in. But let's even zoom out. Let's not talk uh, Corona for a minute. But on on a regular a year ago, or you know, hopefully a year from now, when things are more normal and coronavirus is a new reality that is either gone or we learned how to deal with it. Are there other ways for nursing homes to be successful um, without being so tight um, with the bottom line so that they can afford to give a CNA a 25 cent raise, an, a dollar raise, two dollar raise, whatever it is, so that they can afford the proper equipment? So that uh, yeah, sure. I mean, again, when I worked for a big group, um, I will say they had, the, let's say, the accounts receivable collection process uh, very down packed. Mm -hmm. Um, that that is a big revenue, you know, driver. A lot of a lot of these places advertise, you know, there's companies that will do it for you. Ninety nine percent is that. I don't know if they actually collect that or not. You know, it could be an advertisement. But um, for example, you know, let's just take your average home, you know, run of the mill mom pop, you know, not part of a group or you know, systems. Um, mm -hmm. You know, let's say running running a monthly aging meeting where you hold people accountable. Where, you know, I sat in those meetings and it was something I thought was very smart. Um, you know, we run through, let's say, each, each person with a, a six-month or one-year aging and you say, hey, what's with this guy? 
We hold the Medicaid coordinator responsible for the Medicaid case, the insurance person for this case. Mm -hmm. And like this, you can, and you make that meeting monthly and you can kind of see, you know, progress. Got it. No, so I don't think, so here, so people ask sometimes, is it profitable to own a nursing home company, right? Because you make millions of dollars a year, potentially. Now, there's no question that if you look at a balance sheet or look at a P&L um, of a of any particular facility, you'll see millions of dollars coming in every single year, right? But in order to be a profitable company, the, the, as obviously everybody knows, it's, it's the distinction, it's the difference between uh, the revenue and the expenses, which is where everything is. I'm stating the obvious. Right. So, so I mean, everything that we're discussing so far is just about the revenue stream. Which is true, of course. The, every Medicaid payment is, is huge. Every insurance payment is huge. And the revenue that comes in is millions of dollars. You might be making $8 million, $8 million a year just on revenue from one facility, which is great. But what if your expenses are 8.5, then you, you'd be better off being a barber in the corner or whatever. Right. You know? It'd be, be better to be the CNA in the facility and you make more money than the owner. Even though it feels good, maybe, you own this big nursing home. But um, yeah, but, but that doesn't do anything. So really the question is, here, really the question is, let me just pull this up for a minute. So if we, oh, I'm on the wrong page. Look at that, <laughs> busted. Um, if the real question is some of the other things. So PPP, what's HHS? HHS, so I mean, there was a two part program, I believe. Um, okay. First they gave, you know, without even, um, without even having to do anything, people just got wired into their bank account 6% of their 2019 Medicare billings, uh, which is a lot of money in some of these facilities. I mean. And this is a one-time thing, and this hasn't had anything to do with Corona? There, that was a one-time thing, yes. Um, but 6%, I mean, I don't know if you're currently in a facility or know how much Medicare is monthly. You're, you can be talking about Hundreds of thousands, maybe in millions of maybe, maybe even more than a million dollars in some places. So 6% of the entire 2019 Medicare billings. Correct. Got it. So if I build Medicare a million dollars, I got $60,000. If I build $10 million, I got $60,000. A lot of these places can be billing 500 to a million a month. Some places. Uh, probably not one facility, though. Are you talking about from a corporate level? Or are you not? It really depends how big the facility is. Yeah, you know, yeah. depends how busy they are. Right, and the, and that's true. And the three-day rule being I'm just looking at your comments. Um, you're saying that right now. Okay, so I, I actually thought I was ready to fight. I want to have a much better conversation. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not saying that this is a bad conversation. But I thought that you were saying that in general, nursing homes have tons and tons of money. No, no. Will, I was sound like that they're these poor people and they're begging for handouts, and that's completely not true. And I honestly want to know if that's not true. Tell me how. What you're no, saying no. is, I'm your comments. Now, in this time period, they, they, they have got massive amounts of money. Right, so right now they have PPP, um, they have their HHS payments, which is 6%. Right, so second payment of 2500 a bed, 50000 per home. Hundred thousand. What was that? That was PPP. That's part of HHS, the second part, um, which was fifty thousand oh. flat rate for a facility. Okay. Twenty five hundred per bed. Wow. You know, just a lump sum payment. 
Wow. I don't know who's paying for all like someone has a deep pockets here and plus yeah, yeah, that's definitely you know employment it, it almost doesn't make sense to work anymore in this country <laughs> maybe that explains what's going on outside yeah, exactly that you know you have people on the street who don't have a thousand dollars but these places are getting millions of dollars no but i'm saying even the people on the street are getting many of them are getting fat stimulus checks as well um but, yeah, but it only goes so far, I think. It only goes so far, and it's true. But they're getting something. You're saying forty percent of America doesn't have a thousand dollars. That's like if you Google it, you'll see that. I didn't make that up. Got it. Okay, but but the point is that seriously, basically, that even if it's true that a nursing in general struggles uh, to make payroll, they struggle for their expenses. Right now, nursing homes are in a very good place. Um, for those of you. Right, right now, I believe. And just to go back one second, you said about the Medicaid losing rate. Um, I, I kind of agree. If you can show a study, you know, where you have, let's say, on paper, let's say, this is my cost, you know, for one person a day. This is the rate that you're paying me. And that expense rate is higher than that thing. Then, yes, you should take that to the governor or the state and advocate for it and, and, and you know, and try to get that rate higher. I, I know in Connecticut, they hired the rate, by the way, about 10 or 15%. Yeah, it has been adjusted in other places also. Um, it's been adjusted here as well. I'm just trying to see if I could quickly pull up um, what, uh, where, the, where, where it is that they're lobbying for, for this change and share that with everybody. But, but yeah, this is based, my information is coming based on mass senior care. And also, uh, within Medicare, you know, you have ways to get, you know, again, I, now they're changing it, but at least in my days, different rug levels, and you can pump the... the, 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 the payment higher i don't have a problem with that but don't be cheap on the staffing at the same time right right no no so you're saying that in general it's a challenge right now um they're sitting on a big pile of money from all these extra incentives so nursing homes are in a healthy space now it also depends how bad they were before that um i've been uh, all right without disclosing too much information but there are nursing homes that are struggling literally to pay their electric bill there's literally struggling to, to I mean, I don't know. I, it sounds like you deal with a lot of Massachusetts. I, I did read articles that uh, places closed down there. I, I know one or two personally. Um, okay, they talk offline, but I was probably right. those places. Right. Yeah, but but yeah, there's certainly were but it's it's not limited to Massachusetts. And Massachusetts is a tough state. I mean, there are a few states that I would say are tough states: Massachusetts, Missouri, Wisconsin. These are tough states. Got it. Got it. Fine. So, but in, in general terms, uh, that you're you're saying that non-general specifically, right now, a lot of nursing homes are sitting on a lot of money, assuming they were in an okay position before now, before COVID came around, and assuming that they weren't slammed. Now, also, a lot of facilities I've spoken to administrators were active. You know, they're active right now in facilities. They're managing, uh, you know, tremendous challenges. A lot of them have tons of extra expenses. A lot of them have nursing shortages. Right. So I mean, right. So I don't. I mean, I would like to. If someone could put together. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't work in the home. But someone should put together. What I'm told is, let's say, and let's say admissions drops ten percent, and I'm told expenses is up by let's say ten twenty percent. So let's see what you know. Someone has to see what that number is to what has come in, and I, I don't think you're. I think what's come what came in is with all this funding is going to be higher than that number. Okay. Fair point. Fair point. Again, maybe I'm wrong, but. Well, I mean, some places, like I know one of the was saying for sure, I don't know if every place is like this, but especially in the beginning. So the facilities that were hit earlier on, 
a lot of times the regulators jumped on them with all sorts of crazy, unreasonable regulations and enforcement because they they honestly didn't know what, what they were, no one knew what was going on. Talking about the very first facility, the very first few facilities. So a lot of them were forced to spend thousands of dollars, sometimes tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars of money they didn't have to do things that at the end of the day maybe didn't even make sense. And they, you know, they suffered severe financial losses. Again, this is not to say that the other losses are not significant, just that this is a financial conversation. Um, but other facilities are right. If you have a facility that was hit lightly or later on, so it may have been more manageable. But basically we're saying in general terms that the amount that revenue went down, I mean, I know facilities that went down for sure. Yeah, I don't know, like, let's say the expense, that's a number I can't really come up with. But let's just say on the expenses, they said went up 10, 20%. So if someone can show what that number is, let's say, because on admissions, I can I can get you a rough number what a 10% drop is. You know, you can take the rate times 10, you know, whatever that 10% of that home is and, and, and times 30 days and you can get a number. Expenses, depend, that more depends what per home. So many variables. Yeah, there's that actual home. I don't really know. I can't get you a number. You know, I wouldn't right, know. Right. Apparently, you like numbers. Yeah. Hit the head on the nail. I like numbers. I work in the numbers, you know. So, yeah, it's about the numbers, I believe. But I will say also, uh, one other point that I never thought I would feel so strong is, let's say, again, now it's calmed down with the whole virus and everything. But, you know, in the beginning where you're pushing admissions and you're seeing ads for admissions for homes, you would, the administrator wouldn't go in himself. You wouldn't send your own family member in there, but you're pushing admissions. It's kind of like insane to me. So, I'm not this, you know, uh, I'm not this, you know, going to a cave during the virus and it's just uh, mind boggling to me. You're getting funding, you're having all this money and you're sitting there greedy and pushing admissions. It's unbelievable. Uh, what type of admissions are being pushed? Because a lot of facilities ads and, 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 and you know and advertisements. Let's say and, you know, call us for the weekend. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is not a time to be having admissions. You know, when we have something we're doing with a major unknown. And, and got it. So uh, again, is a what, you, what you're saying? You know, you got to take a break like everybody else for a few weeks or a month, and then you can push your admissions again. Right, so if, so many facilities were closed to admissions, whether they wanted to be closed to admissions or not. Uh, many facilities chose to be closed to admissions oh. because, and a lot of facilities, even if they didn't want to, they were forced to. Also, a lot of hospitals, most hospitals, for sure, the Boston Hospital. Well, I, I'm actually very happy about that. Yeah, but not the the owners aren't so happy about it. But actually, they are. Actually, they are. You're making money for years, so if you have to close for a few weeks or a month, that's it. You know, right. that's what that's Right, but uh, my, my point is that hospitals were not doing elective surgeries, right? So a lot of the, the knees and the hips and a lot of these other types of normal rehab states didn't exist. Right, uh, so, that, so that is actually, it's funny you mentioned that. That's one thing I say can be a major concern. And I don't want to frighten any nursing homes or owners, but that is possibly a concern because I don't know if admissions will come back to what it was, meaning... You have a healthy 56-year-old here sitting here, let's say, uh, that I'm looking at. And let's say he gets, a, he, let's say he gets you know, an injury or whatever, and, and you know, they, they advise him, you know, maybe they think he should go to the nursing home. Is this man going to the nursing home? He's 100% not going to the nursing home. There's nothing to talk about. So, so that is, I think, a concern. You know, you have a point there. So that's why you need good marketing. We could talk offline about that also. We have a lot to talk about offline. 
But sure. so, but, but, but your point is well taken. Your point is that I actually know about your state very much. I didn't know you're from Massachusetts. I, yeah, I've driven um, a lot of Massachusetts. What? <laughs> I've driven through a lot of Massachusetts. Okay, same here. <laughs> um, but this is true that the image of nursing homes has, has forever changed. People, and for, first of all, because the media has done a great job at tainting nursing homes on a regular day um, and saying how horrible nursing homes are. So. We start off with a terrible reputation, but especially now, they were, you know, nursing homes are being described as these killing machines, and how horrific it is. Um, you know, and I've been in touch. I could say, you know, with tens of administrators who are active administrators right now, dealing with this. And for the most part, the stuff that you see in the news is, is the exception. You know, I know many, many nursing home administrators that had zero positive cases in their facilities. And, you know, some of it is, you know, could, everyone tries their best, you know, to avoid it. Many great administrators have tons of cases. Not everything is avoidable. But the point is that the media is going to portray, and it's not just that, you know, it's, it, the people's experience and idea of what a nursing home is, is going to be a place that you don't want to go to unless you absolutely have to go there. Besides for the abuse and neglect, which, which usually does not actually happen in, in a nursing home setting, but people think that it does. Besides for that, um, there's also this new thing where, oh my God, nursing homes are horrible. So you're right, that even if all the elective surgeries, like I know in the hospitals right now, they're overwhelmed with elective surgeries because a lot of the elective surgeries became urgent and it is just as a backlog, right? You, the humanity didn't change just because the hospitals didn't allow it. But now you're right, a lot of them are gonna say, I'm not going. You know, the, the hospitals push it very hard Houses want to make sure that you stay out of the emergency room, right? They're going to get penalized if you end up back there. It's very likely if you go home, you're not going to do the rehab that you're supposed to do. Unfortunately, the way the world is, you may end up back in the hospital sooner than anyone wants to see you there. So there's a strong push. But why, you know, who would want to go right now to a nursing home when it's still somewhat chaotic? And that's definitely a very good point. Now, the nursing home's responsibility, this is, this is something that, I feel strongly about it. It's kind of why I pivoted from being an administrator to uh, marketing for nursing homes because they do a very, very poor job effectively communicating to the community that they serve and their healthcare partners who they are and what they do. Nursing homes is like a beacon of light. I, I really believe this in the, in the healthcare space, not that other places aren't, but there are so many people who, like you mentioned earlier, have a CNA who's making the same amount of money as a person flipping burgers in McDonald's, and they're literally going in, risking their life, That's literally. Right. Kids on care. We're busy social distancing and masks and running in and out of the grocery one person at a time every two weeks. We feel like heroes when we come in with our shopping bags. At least maybe I'm just speaking for myself. And we have the CNAs who are spending, you know, eight-hour shifts, double shifts, directly in communication with confirmed COVID-19 patients being there with them in their dying moments when their family is not even allowed in. And like that, literally risking their lives, going home to their family. Many of them are single parents and they they have multiple jobs. They might be going with double here and a double in the next facility. And, and, and um, this is something which is unique. I was at a conference once and someone got up and, and it was a nursing home conference. They said, if you've walked to work during the snow during this past winter, please stand. I literally, if you work, when you walk during a snow emergency, please stand. Uh, around 100 people stood up. If you walked more than a mile, please stand. 
a few people, you know, a few people said they remained standing. Jordan went five. He went up to ten miles, and there's still a handful of people standing. These are people who are getting paid, like I said, minimum wage. Where they could be, there's just a skill. They could work in any other industry. They could work at home, right? Everyone, we all, we all learned how to work remotely now, unless you're physical, hands-on care. And these people got up. They walked ten miles. They didn't do it for their job. Nobody does that for the job. They did it because they see this as a mission. They see this as something bigger than themselves. Okay, I'm getting worked up here. But my point is <laughs> that I feel very strongly about this as well. And the yeah. least we can yeah. do is A, pay them, pay them on time. And if we can, pay them a little bit better than they're getting paid right now. Well, paid on time, that's for me. Um, you know, direct deposit and all that. So I'm not worried about that, but I'm yeah. At least the places that are making, you know, hundreds of thousands, I don't even know if some places might think a million, you know, each place different. Amazing. It, 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 you know, you, you can pay the person a dollar or two more. You can lower the administrative salary, uh, you know, a little bit there. It, if that's necessary. But you know, to make, you know, to make them happy or whatever, you know. Right, right. Right. I mean, this is something which which um, which I've learned. Um, I'm trying to remember from where that you know some people feel that it's it's not fair that a baseball player gets paid you know ten million dollars a year or however much they get paid to stand there and hit a ball. Why do you know actors and actresses and other celebrities get paid ridiculous? Yeah, at least you know the few employees that complain that they need a little more. At least them, those few dollars aren't going to kill your nursing home. Or no, that's true. Okay. That's true. That's so, so, Michael, I, this actually has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you coming on the Nursing Home Podcast and sharing um, sharing just the, your perspective from the the financial back-end world of, of nursing homes and also that people should realize nursing homes do have money now. Um, if there are any nursing home operators who are offended by this, great. Let's continue the conversation. Uh, and you can tell us why this, this is only a drop in the bucket or for some reason. Sure, I'd love to see that. Yeah, we can we, we can all come back perhaps you know for another for another conversation. Any final words that you would like to share with our listeners and our viewers before we let you go, uh, Michael? Um, not really. I mean, I think we had a nice conversation. Um, Where can they go to learn uh, more about you and your company, and specifically what we started the conversation about unclaimed funds? I have a website called unclaimedfinancial.com. Um, okay. You can email Michael at unclaimedfinancial.com. You can put my phone number on, you know, on the link or whatever. Um, okay, I, I generally deal with larger amounts, even though I, I it's funny you mentioning this because I, I kind of, I'm trying to, kind of trying to take a survey. Let's say, you know, let's say, well, I found you, you know, uh, I, I only really deal with five thousand dollars and above, really, usually. But let's say I found you, you know. Uh, whether it be a hundred dollars, two hundred, five hundred dollars, let's just call that. Try uh -huh. a survey. Let's say, would you pay? You know, let's say if I we told you there was money, would you pay twenty five dollars? You know, for forms to be generated for you. You know, to fill out where you can do it at your convenience. And the reason why, first of all, a lot of people, you know, they want to do it at their convenience because they don't want me with their information. They think it's a scam. You know, so would you pay for something like that? Or we can do, you know, another. Podcast on something like that, you know, that's something. Well, would someone pay with no reason to assume that there, it might be nothing? Well, you know, maybe, meaning, obviously, no, one second. 
not that I found no results. Let's say you said you looked and you had no results. So no, there's no charge then. Meaning, let's say in a state where I, I can see the amount, let's just say. And I tell you, okay, you know, what? let's just say it's a, whether 100 or 500. Would you pay $25, let's say, for a link, you know, with forms to be generated for you to get back that 500 or $200, et cetera? Without seeing it, I would say absolutely yes. Uh, it, I'm assuming, it, I personally, I hate paperwork and signing the stuff and all this. The if it's very simple, though, then maybe not. But I'm assuming it's somewhat complex or else people would have done it. Right. I mean, yeah. So there's a variety of reasons why people, you know. Uh, yeah. So, but that's something that you do. Apparently. I, thought you, I thought you would ask me. So, hey, you know, since you sound like you know a little about online funds, I thought you would ask me. Um, so, hey, uh, you know, I know this amounts there. I can do it myself. Why do I need you? I was waiting okay. for that question. So, honestly, to tell you the truth, that is true. A person can do it themselves. But the, like you said. Um, a lot of people don't want to be too busy with this paperwork and this, that. And to tell you the truth, my biggest case ever was from someone who knew about it, knew where it was, a person who works on Capitol Hill, and they want someone who is responsible, who can get it done, to take care of it for them, and they, they, even though they know about it. Wow. So that's the flip side of the coin. Got it, got it. All right, so thank you again for coming on, uh, Michael. Yeah, I, I want to end uh, just um, for the nursing home, if any staffers are watching this, you know, I, I thank you for working hard, even though I don't know you where you're working. Uh, you should continue to work hard for people in the nursing homes, and you should, you know, voice your opinion to the administrator or owners and, uh, you know, ask them for that money that you deserve, because you deserve it, and that's it. Yes. All right, well, thank you for, for sharing that. This episode will be live at the nursing home podcast.com uh, if you would like to see any of the previous episodes that were recorded on the nursing home podcast you can go to the nursing home podcast.com uh, and you will see all of the previous episodes there as well thank you michael for coming on to the nursing home podcast thank you i hope you've enjoyed this episode of the nursing home podcast be sure to share this episode with all of your friends in the nursing home industry and just tell them to head on over to thenursinghomepodcast.com. Have an awesome day.